how to reduce our thoughts to come out of these emotions. Okay. The thoughts are not so much the units of measurement of the emotions, but they are what lead to the emotions. What the mind does. And so the question becomes not about how to make the mind stop doing what the mind does, how to make the mind stop being a mind, how to wage war on the mind, not that. But rather, how to make the thoughts, thoughts that lead us where we want to go. Our thoughts are almost like tickets. Think about it on a very, very basic level. If I want, I'm, I go to a train station, I want to go someplace, and I go up to the counter and I say, give me a ticket. What's he going to ask me? Well, the money, yeah, absolutely, I've got to give him the money. But, but, but before he tells me how much it costs, even, what's he going to ask? I'm sorry? Destination, exactly. Where do I want to go? And only once I tell him where I want to go, can he sell me a ticket? And that's how it is with our thoughts. At every moment we have a choice. There's even more options in our own mind than there are in a train station of where we could end up 10 seconds from now, a minute from now, 10 minutes from now, an hour from now, and then our whole life. Puja Swamiji gives a wonderful, wonderful teaching that says, a thought leads to an action. An action leads to a habit. A habit leads to a trait. A trait leads to a character. And a character leads to our destiny. So the thought becomes literally the ticket to our destiny. But in every single moment, we have a choice. Somebody does something. We don't like it, it hurts us. Well, what's gotten hurt? Our ego, okay. Now, at that moment, the minute I've just had something happen that hurts me, I have to imagine myself, and this is an, it's a great practice. It's, it's a practice that I, I use personally also. At that moment, you have to envision yourself as though you're standing at the ticket counter at a train station. Where do you want to go? Because you could buy a ticket to anger and revenge, and you respond to what that person just did in anger. How dare you? Who the hell do you think you are? Whatever. You could respond to it with pain, become the victim, sulk. You don't understand me. You always hurt me. So that's another destination we could end up with. Another destination is anger at the self. What am I doing here? I should have known better. They'll never change. Look, they just did it again. They promised me a hundred times they're not going to do it again. They just did it again. 
I need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> you see how, how infinite the possibilities are of, of the tickets that I can buy in that moment. And the ticket seller in my mind doesn't even ask me for money. That ticket seller is prepared to give me any ticket I want for free. Otherwise, if a ticket to anger was much more expensive, I might actually think twice about it. But since it's free, we think, well, sh let's see, let, let's get on this train. But we also have the opportunity in that moment to buy a ticket to peace. And it's all in our hands. But in order to buy that ticket to peace, we have to first have a practice of at least becoming aware of our thoughts because otherwise we have no way of even knowing when that moment comes. By the time we realize it, we're already in Calcutta. It's not about where do you want to go, ma'am. It's about, well, I've already reached. I was at a train station in Delhi. Next thing I know here, I've landed in Calcutta and I didn't even know I had bought a ticket for it. So most of us are still at that stage. So the first aspect is becoming aware of the thoughts. And that's where the practice of meditation is so wonderful because as you actually sit in meditation, well, ultimately the goal is to still the thoughts. And when you're actually trying to still something, you become acutely aware of it. And so in meditation, as we're focusing our mind away from the thoughts, we're not fighting them, we're not beating them away, we're not berating ourselves or criticizing ourselves, but we're just focusing on whether it's the breath, whether it's a mantra, that brings us away from the thoughts. And then slowly, 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 we actually find ourselves temporarily in that thoughtless place. And then of course a thought comes and we latch onto it and we end up in Calcutta again. But at least slowly, slowly what happens is we don't end up all the way in Calcutta. Halfway there we realize, oh my God, I got on this train again. And we're able to get off and get back. And then slowly, slowly, slowly what ends up happening is we become aware of where those thoughts are going right at the beginning. What ticket am I about to buy? And through the practice of meditation, we've developed an ability, a habit, a trait, of connecting more deeply to the space between our thoughts than to the thoughts themselves. So it's the thoughts still come, but they don't drag us away with them. And the less power and control they have over us, what you'll find is they automatically reduce. As long as they're still getting something from us, and able to carry us away with them, they're going to keep coming. The more we're able to focus 
on that space between the thoughts, to grab that space, as Pooja Swamiji says, then that space itself becomes longer. And then we're able to decide, not, oh my crazy mind, but we're actually able to decide which destination we want to end up and to choose our thoughts like tickets accordingly. Most of us in our lives feel very much like victims of our circumstance without realizing that in every moment we're actually buying tickets to the next moment and that that's actually what's creating our destiny not the external circumstances.